Welcome back, Dynamite Sports Pod listeners. This is the Dynamite Sports Podcast with Tyler Noah and Trey TNT. And they are uh, they are some young guys who are interested in sports. It's been a while since we've been on here. We have been busy with sports and school being in back in full session. Uh, Tyler is not with us today. He's on special assignment, but I do have Noah and Trey. And there's been a lot going, going on in their sports world, so we want to update you on what is going on and how they feel about the world of sports. So we're going to start with the first topic. Big news here in the area, in the Tampa Bay area, is Tom Brady's retirement. And so, Trey, how do you feel about Tom Brady's retirement? He deserves it. 20 se- 22 seasons and a whole lot of statistics. If I covered it, that would take an entire episode. Just to name all of the statistics he's broken. Uh, and he deserves it. That's all I think. It makes me sad because he could have easily made another Super Bowl with us. It's not right that he has to leave because I feel like he got peer pressured out of his job. But he deserves what he got. Seven Super Bowls, 11 Super Bowls appearance. He's amazing. He's just so good at it. And for potential people that could replace him, I don't want Aaron Rodgers for some reasons that I don't want to name. Uh, I would rather have Russell Wilson because one of the things that Kyle Trask doesn't know how to do yet is avoid the rush, and Russell Wilson has done that his entire career. So, Trey, how about how do you feel about potential replacements for Tom Brady? Who follows the GOAT? Uh, I think... I don't want to go with Kyle Trask because... He had Kyle Pitts. Sure, yeah, we have Gronk still, but he might retire, and we might not have Gronk in, like, later years when Kyle Trask is 20-something years 30s. I don't know, like, 27? So, I feel that it's not Kyle Trask, but I don't think it's one of the starters now. I think we draft one. Wow. Well, not a big year for quarterbacks coming out in the draft. Uh, so we will have to see what direction the Bucks will go. I'm sure there'll be lots to talk about in the coming months about uh, potential replacements for Tom Brady. Noah, I'll push back a little bit saying that Kyle Trask doesn't know how to avoid the rush. One thing that he would have is an offensive line with three pro bowlers, three pro bowlers on that offensive line to protect whoever is the next quarterback of the Buccaneers. So speaking of pro bowl, I did find it interesting that when you guys came out of your bedroom today, you had football jerseys on. It's not a Buccaneer Sunday, and you guys usually throw on your Bucks jerseys. I see that Trey is wearing his Pro Bowler Devin White jersey, and Noah is wearing an Dominican Sioux throwback Dolphins jersey. So you guys are excited about watching the Pro Bowl today? Is that is that is that it? I'm going to ask you a question here, because the Pro Bowl has kind of been a little bit boring in the past, so this year's Pro Bowl, yeah or meh? Noah, I'll start with you. Yeah or meh? So, I'm going to go meh, because first off, if Tom was playing, it might be a little bit more exciting, because I don't think we've ever seen Tom in a Pro Bowl. So, I'm going to go meh right now, but there could be some really exciting appearances, like from last year, Mike Evans playing free safety and picking someone off. True, true. Well, yeah, and it would be now. something to see Tom Brady in a Pro Bowl because the last time he appeared in the Pro Bowl was in 2005, which was before either of you were born. Isn't that a crazy stat? Trey, how do you feel? Yeah or meh? I feel like it's it's 
it could go either way. You could have Justin Jefferson catching everything from like Russell Wilson, and then but you could also have like I forgot who's in the AFC, but Patrick Mahomes catching the ball. I don't know. Yeah, that would be kind of crazy if they did a Philly special with him. That that would be cool. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Yeah. You're gonna go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, as Bucks fans, it is an exciting Pro Bowl. I think there were nine Pro Bowlers. Werfs and Brady are not going to play, but yeah. a lot of Bucks. The last time the Bucks had this many Pro Bowlers was in the year 2000, and Mike Allstott ran for three touchdowns in the Pro Bowl, and the NFC won 51 to 31 with oh nine God. Buccaneers on the Pro Bowl team. So it could be a Bucks-filled afternoon with the Pro Bowl. We got a split Another. decision amongst the boys. Yeah or Meh. Trey likes the Pro Bowl. Noah's not so sure. Uh, this will also be the first Pro Bowl that I've ever seen because uh, the last few Pro Bowls have uh, been kind of boring. And, like, at 8 o'clock. Exactly. So, I have two players that could be potential Bucks, but I don't even know if anyone's going to let them get to it because, you know, the Bucks are way far in the draft. So, Kenny Pickett, who uh, has transformed his game, he broke... All of Dan Marino's records at Pittsburgh, and he is just the number one uh, quarterback for Pro Football Talk, and he's definitely my number one quarterback. Uh, and then Matt Corral, he's Lane Lane Kiffin transformed him. He is crazy. Uh, I think that he has the ability with that downfield uh, vision and the scrambling that he has. He could be a potential amazing player for the Bucks. Very, very true. Uh, Pickett was six for six yesterday in the Senior Bowl, um, and uh, and Matt Corral. The drawback to him is he's coming off a major knee injury in his bowl game, so we'll have to see how all that plays out. I'm just not sure that either one of them is a Joe Burrow or a Patrick Mahomes. So remains to be seen. Lots of questions about the Bucks' quarterbacking position, but let's change gears for a minute and shift to the next sport that should be starting soon, and that's baseball. But baseball's in a lockout. So two boys from the younger generation. We know that baseball appeals to older guys like me, but in the younger generation, do you care if there's a baseball season? So the baseball has grown old on me. I used to be a baseball player, and it was pretty fun. But as I got older, it started getting slower the game, and slower and slower. So I really want it to stay but on the other side, I don't completely need it to stay because it's not something that's perfect to me. Unlike, unlike the last take for the Pro Bowl, I'm with Noah. I don't need it, but I want to see the Rays go to a World Series because they definitely deserved it last year and the Dodgers kind of were jerks. All right, so... That's where we stand with the two younger guys. So if there's no baseball for the next few months, what are you guys going to watch? Trey, what are you going to watch instead of baseball if there's hockey. no baseball season? Hockey. Trey's all in on hockey. All right. I'm all in on the XFL and the USFL because those two are going to be exciting, especially with the hopeful addition of Quentin Flowers, a dude who needs to be in the NFL right now. Wasn't he a running back for the Bengals at a time? Yes, he was. Very good, Trey. 
Yep. So, uh, well, I and the, the the dad geekery is into for me is into the nostalgia of having the Tampa Bay Bandits return. That was actually the first team that I watched in the original USFL when I was a little kid. And so they've re they've recreated that brand, and they'll be wearing the colors and the helmets of the Tampa Bay Bandits. So it'll be exciting for old guys like me, and I'm glad to hear the young guys like you are excited too. So coming up, we have the uh, we 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 have our takes on the Super Bowl, but I want to. I want to go into two pet projects because both of you guys have been working on some little side projects. And one of them is that Trey has this infatuation with jersey numbers. And so last year he went through his 100 greatest athletes by jersey number. Very Some very unusual choices too. He pulled guys' college numbers and kind of Chase tried to Young squeeze in. Chase Young at number two. Chase Young at number two. Tried to, tried to squeeze in people in different places. So Trey now has flipped a little bit and he has a new... Uh, numbers project he's working on is his least favorite players by jersey number and so he wants to start with the numbers one through ten so well actually i don't think i'm going to go th to 100 i might go to 50 maybe 25 i don't know because i don't want to give that much disrespect that's too much <laughs> this could be controversial yes so trey go ahead and uh and, and hit us up with your least favorite players with jersey numbers one through ten number one Zion Williamson. Uh, I remember watching him in college for Duke. I loved that uh, Duke team. And uh, when he got drafted, he was out for most of the season. And then he slowed down. Like, he just became not much faster of a player. And I call him a bust because of that. And that's why he's up here. And I really expected a lot out of him. Okay. So Zion Williamson is a bust according to Trey. That's a hot take. Let's see if we'll see you on the bottom line of NBA, of ESPN. Okay, number two. Uh, number two. You might remember this name, Dad. He was drafted in 2007. Jamarcus Russell. Wow. That is a good pull. I did my studying. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he did amazing in college. And uh, this was his senior year stats. Uh, completions, 232. Attempts, 342. And yards, 3,129 in one season. He is in pounding college. the table, y'all. You can't see this visually, but he is pounding the table for Sorry, Jamarcus I mean, Russell. So where did it go wrong? He got drafted by the Oakland Raiders. And as we know, nobody at the Oakland Raiders is good. Besides maybe Khalil Mack. I'm so sad that they traded Khalil Mack. Like, come on, John topic, Gruden. buddy. <laughs> so anyways. And he started off his football career with a really big contract. Like, 30-something alien dollars. Something that ends in alien. I forgot. It's <laughs> like billion or million. It wasn't billion, I'll tell you that. So yeah, probably a $40 million contract. Uh-huh. Big contract. And he spent it all basically on uh, Wendy's burgers. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and he wasn't going to training camps and stuff. So the so they brought the team to watch film. And, and he told the team to bring 10 Wendy's burgers. He was immediately fired and he spent all his money in two weeks. <laughs> Yeah, well, the famous story about it, it wasn't that he went and come to training camp, but they actually gave him a tape to go home and watch film, and he told him to bring it back 
the next day. And so they, they asked him if he watched the film and he said, yeah, yeah, I learned a lot. And actually they had given him a blank tape on purpose because they didn't think he was watching film to study. So yeah. And he kind of ate his way out of the league as a number one overall pick. So sad story, Jamarcus Russell. Okay. We got, we got, a, we got seven more. So let's go. I think you guys could guess this, but number three, Jameis Winston. Oh yeah. Dude ruined my this, life. Okay. So you guys could say that Jameis Winston didn't have the weapons. But I can counterattack that because he had Mike Evans, who had the best starting career, eight starting seasons, with a thousand yards each season. He still is going on that record because this year he continued it. And uh, you could say that he doesn't have a good offensive line, but it's almost the same offensive line. And now we have like nine, three Pro Bowlers from that offensive line. Ryan Jensen, Ali Marpet, and Tristan Works. And he still holds the record for most turnovers in a season. In front of Peyton Manning and Eli Manning. So, fun fact. His 30 interceptions was the most interceptions thrown recently by a quarterback in a season. And so, since then, uh, the, the highest number of interceptions thrown in a season by a quarterback is 18. Which quarterback threw 18 interceptions in the last two years? Jameis Winston. Trey, any guesses? Or it's Jameis. Jameis? Well, Jameis hasn't played enough to throw 18 interceptions in the past two seasons. So actually, no, the 18 interceptions were thrown by your NFC starting Super Bowl quarterback, Matthew Stafford, this season. 18 interceptions. But nowhere near the 30. I can see that, actually. Nowhere near the 30 of Jameis. Interesting fact, a lot of people are saying that the Bucs might want to consider Jameis Winston to come back as a free agent. No, 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 no. Guys, don't. Please don't. Please don't recommend that to, like, the Bucs GM. I will die. These guys are scarred for life by Jameis Winston. All right, number four, Trey. Number four, Yuli Gurriel. I'm not sure if I pronounced that You did it, yep. Mm -hmm. So, uh, here's the story of Yuri Gurriel. One, he plays for the Astros. Um, if if you're a Tampa Bay fan, you'll get what we're saying. Two, uh, he hits a home run off of... Yu Darvish. Uh, Yu Darvish, a Japanese pitcher. And he, like, uh, pulls back on his eye to make mm-hmm. him look like, uh, Yu Darvish. Yep. And he is not very liked. Uh, that's all I have to say about... Also part of that cheating scandal, yeah. Yeah. So, very offensive to pull on his eyes like that and make fun of, uh, you know... You. Yes, Yu Darvish. All right. Number five. Mm-hmm. Joe Flacco. <laughs> so in my first fantasy season, I was in, I think it was second grade or third grade, and I didn't know too much about the NFL. Uh, so when we were in our fantasy draft, I just drafted dudes who I knew, who I like recognized their names. And I saw Joe Flacco come up, and I'm like, I think that I recognize that name. I don't know where from, but I recognize that. And I put him in first week. He's like negative five points each week, so I cut him. And I just hate him ever since. Number six, Baker Mayfield. Ooh. Wow. I think this is another bust because... Ooh. Um, Trey is calling Baker Mayfield a bust. Let's put that on the bottom line on ESPN. Go ahead, Trey. Elaborate. So, uh, his last play in Ohio, in at Ohio... Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Sorry. The other O school, yeah. Yeah, the other O. <laughs> he, there were like four seconds left in the national championship, or the game before the national championship. Trace right? Chan for Oklahoma. Yeah. So, and there were like two seconds left, and he was on the 40, I think. And he spikes the ball, and I'm like, 
What are you doing? You still have time left. You still have a game to win. What are you doing? And I just think that he's been a bust ever since. Wow, so you called it as a bust in college. So, okay. ever since that, I think he's been a bust. So, with uh, Baker Mayfield, with the Cleveland Browns, something that, if you watch his film, is he will look at the dude he's going to throw it to the whole time that they're running their route, and then he'll throw it. So the safeties can easily pick him off the whole time. And uh, there was a thing that Peyton Manning did where he studies quarterbacks. I forgot what it's called. But uh, he noticed that Baker Mayfield will throw to the deep ball and try to get in the end zone as, as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. But when you have uh, Nick Chubb on a little wheel route who's wide open for a, like a 10-yard gain, he doesn't throw that. Yeah, yeah. all right. Trey having some breakdown of, of Baker Mayfield. Also, yeah. Baker Mayfield almost single-handedly ruined Obel, Odell Beckham's career because yeah. look at Beckham now that he's with the Rams. He's in the Super Bowl, and he's a superstar exactly. again. Yeah. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to buy on this Baker Mayfield. All yeah, right, number seven. Uh, you guys are going to be surprised by this. It's not because of his playing skills, but Michael Vick. Whoa. Whoa. All right. Trey, not because of his this? playing skills. He was, amaz- he was an amazing player and set – the model for what the new quarterback is. The scrambler, the improviser. He's my favorite. But it's what he did off the field. Yeah, he's he my... He held, uh, like, dogfighting competitions mm-hmm. at his apartment or whatever. Or his brother's apartment. And uh, I say that's not cool, man. Definitely not cool. But a lot of people will argue that Michael Vick served his time in jail. So, And he did come back and play successfully in the NFL after that scandal. But it was a big scandal. And I'm impressed that was before you were born, so you definitely did your homework on this. Yeah. So, Michael Vick is my all-time favorite quarterback, so that blew my mind. And he's my favorite quarterback because he shows me how a running quarterback can use their legs. All right. So, let's go to number eight, Trey. Daniel Jones. Ooh, yeah. I'm buying on that one. So, after Peyton Manning, this was just a... Big disappointment. I mean, I remember... This is actually a very funny moment. Eli Manning. Eli Manning. Did I say Peyton? Yeah, you said Peyton. <laughs> There's also like an Archie Manning and a... That are all quarterbacks. Cooper Manning. Cooper and, Manning, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Arch. Yeah. Lots so he... After Eli Manning, this is just a big disappointment. And I remember a game... It was a, s- a Sunday night or Monday night game. Against, against Dallas. No, against Philadelphia. Oh. And he was running the ball from like... The one yard line, I think, or like his side of the, his his side of the field, and it's he just gets, so funny. He gets inside the twenty. No, I'm still speaking. This is his segment. Uh, and he gets down like the ten yard line, and he just trips over. It's so funny, and yeah, he just falls. It was like a seventy-five or eighty-yard run, and I think they ended up either turning the ball over or kicking a field goal on the drive too. They, they turned it over. Uh, and an even funnier part of that same game. A cat ran on the field. Oh, yeah. No, that was That Dallas. was the first. That was Dallas. That was the first appearance of the cat. <laughs> and then it later on appeared against Dallas. Yeah, and I think they threw so, up a stat like, you know, yardage before the cat came on the field, yardage after the cat came yeah. on the field. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that, was, that was a big deal on Twitter that night. All right, number nine, Drew Brees. Amen, brother. <sighs> I've just been too tormented by every person in the NFC South. 
So I could put Cam Newton on here if I wanted to, but I like Cam Newton. He, he's really good. So Drew Brees. And also, uh, remember the Atlanta-Philadelphia game? He jinxed every little bit of that game. <laughs> like, I can't even describe how mad I am at him. Like, he was too good and too bad of an announcer. <laughs> too good of a player, too bad of an announcer. Yep, and too much tormenting of the Buccaneers. Exactly. Right, number, number 10, 10, the final one. Justin Turner. He's a Dodger. What, what else do I have to say? He's a Dodger. He, okay, so he tested positive co- for COVID before the Game 7 of the World Series, I think. And he went off, he went into the game, and he hit the winning home run. So, I'm kind of annoyed at him. Yeah, I, I, just... I can understand that. And, you know, in that game, there was the controversial call of Kevin Cash taking out Blake Snell. Some people thought he took him out too early. If Blake Snell would have stayed in the game and the Rays would have won it because it was game six, what would game seven have been without Justin Turner for the Dodgers and possibly other players that were in contact with him? Yeah. Things could have been very different so for the if, Rays. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. If Turner didn't play that game... And Snell stayed in. It was game seven time. Right. So that would have been game. Like, no Justin Turner, you'd probably... Lose, like, Corey Bellinger, too. Yeah. Because they hang out all the time. Yeah. And the... The overrated sign is, like, uh, batting's overrated or whatever. I can't Mm -hmm. remember what it's called. And they, like, shook their hands and fists. I can't remember what it meant. But... And uh, Cody Bellinger twisted his foot, uh, getting a high five. So, yeah, it could, could have been different, but coulda, shoulda, woulda is kind of the mantra of a Tampa Bay fan, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Any right. Tampa Bay fan, like, for any team, you're just disappointed. Unless you're a Lightning fan. All right, so thank you, Trey, for your numbers 1 through 10. We'll see what you can come up with next week. Uh, I want to shift gears to Noah here, and I told you the boy's been busy with school. Noah has been working on his National History Day project which was a documentary that had a sports theme to it, and it won the school-level competition. Way to go, Noah. Congratulations. He's moving on to a countywide competition. And so I wanted I wanted Noah to be able to share a little bit about his project and what he learned about sports history in the process. So my project is about how Teddy Roosevelt in the early 1900s came in and pretty much saved football. So what he what happened during this timeline is late 1800s football starts to get really gruesome and people start dying a lot. Uh, I can't remember all the names, but there's a lot of people that died. 18 people de- died, uh, 159 serious injuries in like 1900. So it was bad. So, a lot of people started talking about it. I think the New York Times was on the case for it. Uh, So, they ended up going to the president. And Roosevelt had incentive for it. He has a son, Teddy Roosevelt Jr., that was playing the game of football. And he did not want him to get hurt. So, what he did is he took the top colleges at the time, best colleges that were playing football, Princeton, Harvard, and Yale, and... They had a meeting, they talked about rules, they added the leather helmet, which was the first helmet, it was not staying there for a, little, for a while, uh, 
and they added a lot of rule changes to stop, like, big hits. They added the forward pass. They added the onside kick, which I'm surprised because the onside kick kind of was dangerous more than the deep kick, but I don't really care. That added a cool uh, addition to the game. And so, fast forward to the 1940s, uh, Otto Graham has, like, his face ripped off, uh, by a defender, and a very bloody picture, you can go look it up, I wouldn't recommend it, because it's bad, uh, and Autogram gets this new face mask for the next game. And well, they didn't like, have face well, masks, yeah, so it's the, the first face yeah, it's mask. it's the first face mask, yeah. and it's like this weird, pl- thin, clear plastic that goes around his mouth, uh, and then they keep changing it. And it develops into the one bar, which was everyone had to wear a one bar. And then I think we get to the 1980s and we start getting the more complicated helmets with the more complicated face mask. And fast forward to like nowadays, we're getting next gen stats that will change the helmet. And football still gets argued a lot to not be safe, especially for high school and college students. Right, and the, the yeah, and the big argument that came up recently was the concussion piece. Yeah, and Dr. CTE. Yeah, CTE uh, and Doctor Bennett Omalu. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was the first one to discover CTE. Uh, they found it. I think it was Joshua Parker, or something like that. Uh, but yeah, that he got CTE and he killed six people and then killed himself. And CTE is a degeneration of the brain from heavy hits on the brain. So, glad you were able to merge your interest in sports and your academic pursuits, and I'm, I'm proud of you, buddy. Way to go. Hope you get to keep moving on. Uh, so, as we wrap up, uh, it is the beginning of Super Bowl week, so I'm not asking for your picks right now, but just some early thoughts on the upcoming Super Bowl, Cincinnati Bengals, LA Rams, Trey. How do I say this? LA's, LA's got a lucky. The first game, who did they play in the first game? They, they played, uh... They played the Arizona Cardinals. They played the Cardinals. And they won that game. Fair and square, I think. Second game was against the Bucks. They got lucky because our safeties played dumb. And, and put Antoine Winfield back there on the last play? Like, huh? You... you also, on the last play, you don't say the blitz. That's a dumb call. So, yeah, they got it lucky. And then, and then the NFC Championship, I thought that San Francisco had it. I thought that they were going to win, but by lucky chance, Jimmy Garoppolo throws an interception in its game. So the Rams are lucky to be there, is Trey's opinion. On the Super Bowl. Bengals win it, win it all fair and square. Oh, so he's already got a bold pick early in the week. All right. Well, how about you, Noah? All right. So the keys to the game right now, the Bengals need to be having Jesse Bates back there to not let Cooper Cup get any balls. He cannot catch that ball or it's game. Uh, Tyler Higby's out, so that also helps the Bengals' defense. Uh, Burrow's just got to keep the ball going, and they can't slow down on offense. Or Aaron Donald will get him. Uh, and then for the Rams, Matt Stafford has to keep throwing it. 
Cooper Cup's got to catch it. Uh, they got to get Sony Michelle into that game because Sony Michelle has been a big part of their offense. Uh, Aaron Donald has to get to uh, Joe Burrow, uh, and their safeties have to stop Burrow from getting it to Jamar Chase and Jesse or no CJ Ozuma, and what's the other one? Uh, Tyler Boyd because they will tear you up. All right, so some solid analysis there, Noah. We look forward to the Super Bowl. We're going to try to get another podcast out next Sunday morning, right before the Super Bowl, and get you some final picks and and thoughts on the Super Bowl as the week evolves. I'm sure it'll be an exciting week. Sorry we didn't have Tyler here today, but you can always find Tyler's thoughts on the Twitter page for Dynamite Sports. It is TNT underscore sports underscore pod. That is the Twitter handle. You'll find a lot of uh, Tyler's thoughts about what's going on in sports and his obsession with the Miami Heat basketball team also there on on that. Again, that's at TNT underscore sports underscore pod. That is the Twitter handle. This is the Dynamite Sports Podcast. For Noah and Trey, we will see you next week. I'm Noah. I'm Trey. And we'll see you next time.